Welcome back. This is Eric Wright. I'm the host of the Disco Posse podcast, and thank you for listening. Oh, and thank you for watching. If you want to see this episode in uh, as real as real life can be on YouTube, you can go check out youtube.com forward slash Disco Posse podcast because this is definitely one of those fun ones that's worth watching because there's a ton of people on there. It really gives you a sense of who's talking when because this features the team from the produce stand. Now, the produce stand is a really fantastic podcast that's about the show Letterkenny. And you're probably saying to yourself, who are the produce stand? What is Letterkenny? Well, you're going to want to dig in because this is Tanya and Al, Squirrely Matt. We were missing Victor because he's the number four mic on the whole crew, but this is absolutely a fun one to watch and listen to. So check it out. We talk about podcasting, the idea of making first a show about a show, and then even more so, the absolutely super involved and interactive community that they've built around it. Really, really cool. And I got to say that I'm proud of what they're doing. They definitely are worth a listen and hopefully a watch. Let's get them on YouTube as well. All right. Speaking of YouTube and speaking of things listening to and watching and that are worth it, I got to give a shout out to the sponsors that allow me to do this, that make this amazing thing happen. And I got to start with our fine friends over at Veeam Software, because whatever it is that you need for your data protection needs, they got you covered. Reason is today is a dangerous time. We're losing data. We're losing servers. We're losing applications. We're losing time. Don't do it. Protect your assets, whether they're on-premises, whether in the cloud, whether they're physical servers, whether they're cloud native, use their casting platform, all sorts of really cool stuff. And hey, don't just back it up, but actually do automated data and backup and full application recovery. Really, really, really cool team. Great products. Go check it out. Go to vee.am forward slash discoposse, and you can see the very customized way in which you can get involved. Go check it out and let them know old Disco sent you. All right, speaking of really great things that you got to check out, also go to tryexpressvpn.com forward slash discoposse, get on a VPN because the world is weird and you got to protect your data in traffic and in transit. So let's do it. Oh, right, one more thing, get coffee, diabolicalcoffee.com, also a sponsor of the product stand. All right, let's check it out. Hi, my name is Tanya, and we're here today with Al and Squirrely Matt from the Produce Stand, and we're on Disco Posse Podcast. This is the fun part because when you get to have professional podcasters on a podcast, I get to just walk away like I'm done. You, know, you, you folks can run with it. Thank you all for being on this side of the mic. This is weird, too. I just realized the last time we chatted, of course, I was a guest on your podcast. And thank you very much for that. Uh, and you are all part of something really, really cool. And if it's new to people here. I hope they obviously check out the podcast. They check out the show the podcast talks about, but you're much more than that. And so I'm going to, because it's a bunch of you, I got to go around Robin here. Now, the good part is we're all going to sound as Canadian as possible. 
which is hilarious. <laughs> People don't never know that I'm Canadian until I talk to another Canadian. And then for whatever reason, our accents kind of bleed pretty heavily uh, in those ones. I've been watching some of the Ottawa trucker protests. Mm. And I think that I sound Canadian until I watch a live stream from Ottawa. And I'm like, oh, now I know why people think Canadians sound funny. Those Canadians in particular, but we won't go there tonight. There he has a different breed altogether. So, all right, I will go in order of importance. Tanya, you're up first. <laughs> oh, you should know by now. I don't like going first on our podcast. <laughs> That's exactly why I shoved you up front. <laughs> Fantastic. He's been paying attention. <laughs> so All if right. you want to do a quick bio and uh, tell folks uh, what uh, brought you to the, the produce stand. Um, all right. Um, my bio. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We're not doing weight, height and measurements. <laughs> uh, so what brought me to the produce stand was, of course, Al, my husband. Um, he watched it um, and was a um, just you, you watch the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I would get um, snippets of it here and there when I was coming into the room and ready to, the kids were down for the night and I was coming to, to sit and watch a show with him. And he's like, Oh, this show is great. This show is great. And he, he tried to force me to watch a couple of them. And, um, I just thought it was the stupidest show I've ever seen in my life. And none of it made sense. None of it I liked. It wasn't my kind of thing. Um, um, it's an acquirement that I have grown to uh, appreciate and like, and uh, in some cases love. Um, but yeah, he he then came to me and said, uh, I have an idea. This was during COVID. Um, let's, I want to do a podcast and I want you on it. And I think my jaw dropped and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, wh where, where, <laughs> why do you want me involved in this? I don't like the show. Like, you're not going to make me like the show. <laughs> um, and he's like, no, no, you know, here's my plan. Here's my idea. I'm going to have Matt. I'm going to have uh, Victor and uh, you. And we're, we're, because you all have different outlooks on the show and, and uh, um, it will make for interesting podcasts. So it's his brainchild. And uh, I just kind of tagged along and there was nothing else to do. It was COVID. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, why not? And uh, it was actually um, the best thing for me. And, and for us, I think the, the whole team has um, all said that this is just one of those steps out of life and um, a moment to just sit back and laugh and share and um, enjoy something that is not anything to do with anything going on in the world today and uh yeah it's it, that's kind of my thing we definitely need that and yeah. uh yeah it's been great and it's funny like you said the the mix of voices and styles and opinions is uh, what mm -hmm. makes it good and uh al of course you're since you're next uh, on mike i'll i'll pick on you as the next uh next bio deliverer sure uh i'm al grego and uh I am the producer and host of uh, the Produce and Podcast. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's a pandemic project, uh, as many <laughs> projects start, that started in the pandemic were. Um, but I always, you know, I've always wanted to do a podcast since, since I knew what podcasts were. You know, I've been listening to podcasts since probably 2003, 2005. I can't remember now. And my first exposure to kind of a after show type podcast, which is what we do, uh, was the Lost Jay and Dan podcast. And I really loved it because 
it was this is a show that I really enjoyed watching. And then I was starved for more content in between episodes. So I'd look online for anything I could. And I found this thing called the podcast and I listened to it. And it's all people who have the same interests as me talking about a show that I loved. And so that's what we're doing with the protestant. Um, and yeah, uh, Tanya's right. Uh, it, a, a little bit um, selfishly, I asked her to be on just because I knew this was going to take up some of my time. And if she was involved, <laughs> she couldn't complain about it. But also, <laughs> um, we joked about that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, um, it's also yeah, it's a great show. And 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 I know superficially it looks like dumb humor. Um, but there's actually a lot of like heart, but a lot of smartness behind the dumb jokes. Um, and, uh, and it's a very accessible, it's a very, uh, progressive show despite on the surface, what it looks like. And I wanted to get the word out and I looked at, I looked it up and I saw what other sh podcasts are out there that, that talk about Letterkenny. And one of the bigger ones is a bunch, you know, Dean and Tiara down in Seattle, who we're going to have on tonight. They're our biggest competitor, but they're also our, our, our closest allies. They've been doing it a lot longer than us. Um, but in terms of a Canadian view for this show, there was another one based in Toronto, but he just didn't, uh, he stopped doing it after a while. I don't know why. I've reached out and I haven't been able to contact him. Um, so it was like, yeah, it's it's a Canadian podcast about a Canadian show. And we're here to kind of translate all the Canadianisms on the show. To, to those who want to watch and listen. And we have so many viewers from all over the world and we've got an amazing community that we've built. And it's been our, our respite from, from all the craziness that's been going on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that leaves the perfect uh, final intro to what makes up the reason why you call yourself squirrely, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a, a good show reference. Uh, but uh, and we, we should also know that we are missing Victor, who uh, could not make it to the uh, to the broadcast today, but uh, also another great voice on the show. But Matt, you're up. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Uh, so, yeah, Matt Belanger, a.k.a. Squirrely Matt. Uh, I'll pull, I'll pull one of our buddy Demond uh, there, uh, father of three, uh, hubby of one, as he uh, starts his off, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a blast. Um, to to go back to the the initial thing, how we got into it, it's same idea. This was definitely, you know, I joke, a uh, uh, um, love child out of COVID boredom. Um, I know Al and I have known each other for years through work. Uh, we've played around with some podcasting through work and other things. Um, I have a bit of a media background. That was sort of where I also, where I started. My career didn't follow that path. Um, priorities changed, some interests changed. Um, but I originally had some um, aspirations to be involved in film and television to some degree. So even though that's not directly what this is, the, the media world and anything connected to it and around it has always been a real... Uh, passion, interest of mine, the background. So yeah, like, like, like Tanya said, when, when COVID kicked off and then Al reached out to me one day and said, Hey, uh, do you want to be in a podcast with me? Or do you want to come to a podcast? I didn't even ask him what it was about. I just said, sure. <laughs> and then I said, well, what are we doing it on? And then he said, letter Kenny. And I laughed. I'm like, Oh really? Okay. All right, let's do it. And um, I was really excited. Cause I, I know, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I, I think I was the one who got you into Letter Kenny originally. It was definitely a show I was aware of. I watched. Um, I was a fan of, and then I got Al onto it, and he got hooked. And I think he's become the super fan of our group. Um, mm -hmm. But that's okay. We all love it, and it just it just took off from there. And I think we were all very surprised and 
um, kind of thrown back a bit by by what it's become. And that's been mm. the real thing about it. I know COVID hit people, a lot of people very differently. Um, I know early on, I, I joked, but it was truth. I didn't step inside another building outside of my own house for over 100 days. Um, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking grocery stores, guy, like you name it. My wife did everything early days of, you know, just general concern. So we, we dedicated one person. So it was a very strange time and it still is. Uh, but this definitely be very quickly became that weekly escape, uh, where we could just put everything aside, come together with friends, laugh, argue, debate, um, have some fun. And, uh, all the, regardless of what happened, um, it was just, we've had nothing but a blast and, uh, now we're trying to figure out how to keep it going because we're, we caught up to the series, uh, yeah. but it's, it's been a blast and I'm very thankful for, for what Al, um, has led us through and, uh, what we've created as a group and now where we are here. Well, if you talk about the fan base too, you know, you're, you talk, it's in, you've got like sort of competitors in the marketplace. I think of the days of like message boards for talk radio groups and there'd be like ron and fez and opie and anthony and all these like big talk the talk radio was huge of course we didn't have much we had humble and fred you know in in toronto and and they've moved around a bit you would have like someone and someone it was always like a, a a goofy duo maybe they had a third person on who would you know be a bonus voice the stunt you know stunt boy or whatever it was going to be <laughs> and then you would get these message boards because that was sort of the way that people communicated outside of the show that we didn't have youtube we didn't have these other ways to chat so we would no. go on we, people would go on these message boards and yeah. then you'd get three message boards and they'd be sort of like warring for who was the <laughs> like the top message board for yeah. whatever radio duo was and it was hilarious because that was this fun competition, but obviously you're all fans. So you're not really competing. You're in this really, you believe in a common purpose and it's a fun community way to do it. But now podcasting changed this, that you can be broadcasting, you can get your voice out there. Their limitations for access to this stuff is, is so good, right? It's so much, much lower. And production quality. I mean, you folks do a really, really great job with production. As a guy that does zero post-production, like I literally, I will record this, I will cut off the front and the back, and I will push it to air. Like, it doesn't get much treatment. Uh, I, I got a huge respect for the amount of work that you do, you know, as a group. I don't know who wants to raise their hand. I imagine, Al, you're probably as the, the technician behind a lot of the stuff, because I know you've you've got a real talent for that. But yeah, a bit of background in audio engineering. Obviously, it's what I went to college for. Um, and so, I mean, my you know, podcasting is a marriage of my love of radio, which I was a big fan of radio growing up, um, and my audio engineering background, and and yeah, just wanting to create content and uh, knowing that I have a voice for a uh, face for radio, <laughs> but radio doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> podcasting is just so much more accessible for sure i mean i credit um you know i, I come from a corporate training background that's uh, for 20 years that's how i made my living uh, working for various companies um and uh but just recently in my latest role i started well not in, in, sorry in, in my latest company i started using podcasting as a training tool um and so that's that's where I kind of started doing that and having some fun with it. And I credit actually Toronto Mike, 
uh, who's a, a big time pro- uh, podcaster in the Toronto area. I call him the, the Canadian version of Mark Marin. And actually today he just releases 1000th episode. So wow. yeah, kudos to him. Uh, he invited me into his house and he showed me his setup in his studio and, and, and we, we had some great chats and he didn't charge me for it. He was just, yeah, come on over. Cause he knew I was a listener and a, and a fan and, and we had a great time. And, and from that knowledge, I went back to my office and I bought the equipment. And I started podcasting and that got the right amount of attention so that when my company, uh, decided, uh, and I'll mention the company name, Moneris, uh, decided that they wanted to start a, a podcasting strategy of their own. Um, I'm the one they tapped. So I went from training to marketing, uh, in the company and I've never been in marketing before, but, uh, they saw me as, you know, kind of the, the resident expert and, uh, that's where, you know, uh, so now I'm, I make a living like the produce stands, a passion project. I, I make no money doing that, but I, now I'm making my living, uh, as a podcaster, which is amazing. I love mm-hmm. it. Like five mm-hmm. years ago, that's that so would have cool. been unheard of. Now, Matt, you mentioned you got you had early aspirations for TV and mm-hmm. broadcast stuff. Uh, what, uh, what was your exposure to it? And, and then, you know, what was the diversion that took you out of that game? Yeah. So I originally went to school, uh, Loyalist college out in uh, Belleville, Ontario for television and new media production. So I was on the full production side, uh, learning how to use a camera, edit graphics, direct, you name it. Um, for production, uh, very much enjoyed it. Uh, I will also say I was in my much younger years at the time and not so focused. So that definitely didn't help. Uh, and then when I came out of it, I, I had a couple uh, co-ops and internships, and one of them which was actually um, up in, in Barrie at the A Channel at the time, which I believe is now CTV North or something like that. And it was also the time during the, for, for Canadian uh, folks that know uh, Bell Globe Media buyout. So uh, Chum Media at the time got bought out by Bell Globe Media, and at, the industry was kind of in a weird spot where you know there was a lot of hiring. But I think it was more firing as they were sort of dismantling and rearranging that. And that was the time I was trying to find a job. Uh, so it made it very difficult. So I thought I had this great in, and then they pretty much put a freeze on at the station, um, and that kind of derailed a little bit, and just it's one of those industries. If you don't stay close to it, you quickly get far from it, right? It doesn't take much. It's like, you know, buying a new computer. By the time you buy and take it home, then the better one's already on the shelf, right? Same idea with this industry is you start stepping away from it. The longer you're gone, the more difficult it is to get back. Uh, and then there was some, some things on the personal side, uh, my family, we, we kind of had some movement around and I had to find a different gig just to keep myself going. And again, stepped aside and side. And before I knew it, it was, it was, it was kind of felt too far. Um, and then priorities changed. I, you know, I had my, my young or my oldest son, um, a, a couple of years after that. And, um, at that point I was like, I just need to keep my head above water. And, uh, it just, it just seemed like a distant dream at the time that said, as the years have gone on and, 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 and I thank Al for a lot of it too, the work we've done in our company, I, I you know, I've worked in fraud. I've worked in a number of other things, nothing to do with media, uh, but through his work and, and some of the, the cross stuff that we do, um, he had the opportunity to dabble with podcasting, d- 
dabble with internal um, videos for training materials. And, and he was nice enough to invite me in, knowing I had a bit of a, a passion for that in a former life. Uh, so he and I worked closely to set up, you know, the green room and, and things of like that. Not the green room, like the, the green screen space and do some lighting and, and play around. So he's kept me close to that um, taste of that kind of life. And it's been fun to to play around with that. So when this came up to do podcasting, again, I've never been... I've never had a ton of experience with podcasting, but I knew what it was, right? I, I've always liked radio as well. Uh, but I'm like, I'm in. This is just going to be fun. And uh, and it's really paid off as something that's that's kept that, that flavor going. I'm also that nerd for film and television. Like, I know when I drive around, if I see a bunch of pylons on a road that say, I think, I think someone say like, T actually, I think they say TPS or something like that. I'm like, that's a film production. And, yeah, and, and yeah. I, I'll often slow down or I'll sneak in, well, what's going on here? Um, I'm so just, I get this weird excitement when I get near mm -hmm. productions and I just want to know what's going on. And I know I won't be a part of it, but it's, it's, it's just, it's great. And we're in Toronto North or Toronto, which is Hollywood North, right? So there's productions all the time. Um, even my neighbor, he's, he's, a in a film crew and working on Titans and a number of other things. Uh, so I get to talk to him and, and banter about the industry a bit. And, uh, so that, that's good enough for me and my, my point of life, but it's, uh, yeah, that's kind of what the diversion was. Priority changes, I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, well, and I think th what's great about it, though, like look 20 years back, 10 years back even, when we think of the industry, like film, radio, like you you couldn't just, like you would get a job as an intern and that yeah. was like a magical thing, right? You would be just getting exposure, right? And the mm -hmm. magical feeling of like, wow, at least I'm in here. Like it, you'd get a pittance of a salary, for the pleasure of doing coffee runs and grabbing production pieces and doing crazy, you know, after hours editing, whatever it's going to be to make that, that two hour show amazing. Yeah. You get near zero credit for it. If you're lucky, you get a little bit of credit for it. You never get mic time. You never get camera time. It was a very sort of like, there's a lot of machine wrapped around it. Yeah. And you had, there was like, you got to do your time, kid. You got to earn your, your, earn your keep then you eventually get up if you're lucky you audition maybe you get a an overnight show you know like yeah. it was a battle to get in yeah. now yeah, you're absolutely. like nothing and fuck it i got a <laughs> sm7b and i got an internet connection i yeah. run a radio station now yeah, yeah it's so. awesome and the other and the other big thing i think a lot of it looking back i mean my own growth and self-awareness is confidence right like i look at young younger version of matt doing even this seems a stretch. You know, I, I always had sort of my personality, but I had a real confidence issue when I was younger. So trying to step outside my comfort zone and put myself out there in a place of vulnerability was very challenging. So I didn't do it right now. I could give two fucks. I'm like, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to, I don't mind putting myself on the line, even in my, my line of work, even though it's not related to this, I, I talk to people, all levels of the organization. I have no problem sort of calling out what's what, because I've had, I've seen success. I felt by, I felt what it feels like to be vulnerable and then see the outcomes of it and how it can be successful. And it's not something that you should shy away from. Right. But when you're younger, you don't know that you're, you're kind of right. forced into the system and, you know, find education, know what you want to do. And you never, no one really does. Some people do. And I, man, I wish I had that, but a lot of people don't. And, and you kind of go through this whirlwind of trying to sort yourself out and you know in all reality it's not till about your 30s that you figure even half of yourself out um and then i've also at that time supposed to have had it all put together so 
it, it's it's challenging for sure. And uh, but again, it is what it is, and and I'm very happy now with what's going on. Well, it's funny you mentioned too new, you know, new media because I remember that's kind of what it was called. And Al, right yeah. at the time when you were going to school and you were doing, you were at Trevis, and like yeah. we had you know, other folks that we knew, Travis Watts, good friend of ours, who we were also in a band together with. Yeah, we had a bunch of folks, and they would get jobs in this like new media, which meant basically you were doing, you know, Dreamweaver and like <laughs> yeah. funky early stage 3D animation and CD-ROM authoring. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah macromedia like just like macromedia was a product like a company that was worth investing in back in the day right yeah. now it's just gone but that it was almost the same thing that it, it became this elite you were just happy to be beside it kind of experience and now it's so just democratized and accessible it's fantastic because those limitations are gone and i think like kind of to what you're saying matt like 20 year old me while being in a different mindset because if i ever said you know if i if 20 year old me met 49 year old me and i said i'm coming from a place of vulnerability i'd have punched me in the ear right like because i just would have never thought i would ever think like this but it's yeah. like this is the truth we don't but 20 year old me would be more confident i think because of the accessibility of platforms and software and capability like you didn't there's no less of a barrier now other yeah. than yeah. your personal sort of choice to grind it out. Yeah, that, that, less that, of a barrier, but more of an overwhelming option, if that makes right. sense. Like, like yeah, there's yeah. a lot more out there, but yeah. you're right. You can get at anything you need to. That young confidence, though, came more from kind of uh, ignorance and and uh, and not knowing <laughs> not knowing any better. Uh, yeah, not so yeah. much uh, about because, you know, when I was at it, that age, I wouldn't know where to start. Um, right. You know, I would just start and then hope hope to work it out but uh yeah <laughs> i'm As still doing that what are you talking about this <laughs> <laughs> is my approach to life the beauty of that of what i took in at trevis the multimedia is it, it, it kind of let me dabble in everything video web graphics audio and that's suited me just fine now and because now i look at any any kind of job uh, in marketing or or in any kind of creative work or content creation you need to know all those things also, but right. I mean, the tools are, are such though that you don't need to have the same kind of level of knowledge that I had growing up because now a lot of it is pretty, pretty WYSIWYG and pretty, you know, easy to do, you know, point and click and push a button, apply a filter and you're done. But still having that kind of foundation and also that, that well-rounded knowledge of the different media, you know, video, audio, uh, graphic art and stuff it, it's it you know i'm not i'm not a graphic artist but i know good graphic art when i see it so i know who to go to when when i need a poster made right uh so yeah th that's really served me well and i think that really prepared me for what you know the, the, the world that is now well and i guess for the for the folks that get to watch this on video if you're listening on audio head on over to the youtube channel you can check this out speaking of posters you have a plethora of really cool posters behind you al and i know of course these are the Royal Pains poster. So you uh, talk about the Royal Pains and give a little brief history on, on what the posters are from. Well, I was a weekend rock star before everything shut down, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, I was blessed uh, to not only have a great band, but my guitarist was a, it was an insanely talented graphic mm -hmm. artist who 
uh, when we first started playing, he's like, hey, do you want me to design some posters? I'm like, we're all like, yeah, that'd be great because we knew how, like the kind of art he did. Uh, and then he said, we can, and then we can just kind of reuse them for every show. He's like, no, no, I was going to make a poster for each show. So I'm like, really? And, and he did. And so, I mean, what I have on my wall here are just some samples. You know, we played over 120 or so shows. We have a poster for every single one and they're all equally amazing. And, and so, yeah, again, I, we were blessed with talented musicians, but also talented, you know, artists on our, on our, in our band. Sadly, the band is no more. Uh, you know, we can thank COVID for that. But um, you know, yeah. we'll continue That's a tough one. Yeah, continue rocking on, and hopefully one day I'll be back on stage again. But until then, uh, you know, we've got the memories. Well, and I, we, you, and I shared a stage a couple of times ourselves <laughs> as well back in the day. So uh, that was Let's do uh, poise for the worm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was. You still your Twitter handle too, PFTW, right? That's, That's right. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Well, you know what it is. I mean, I Gmail finally uh, came and took away my Hotmail, or else I'd still have my Hotmail too. Because <laughs> once you have that online persona, it's kind of hard to switch, right? Uh, so, poise for the worm. That was, you know, my persona from twenty years ago, and I just kept it because it was just easier to do that than, than find something else. You're talking to a guy that's known around the world as Disco Posse, so I'm, I get you. <laughs> just owning it at this point. I went to a tech conference in Paris and this was the hilarious thing. So it's like a bunch of people showed up, you know, and of course it's their common community. So in the tech community, we're basically like carnies. We just go from town to town and, you know, it's a different town, but it's the same goofy assholes in the tent every time. So we just go and, you know, we would have a show and I was speaking at one of the events and there's a guy who I've always been keen on chatting with, and we we knew each other on Twitter, right? That was kind of mm-hmm. how we communicated. And so this guy, Randy Bias, he's, if you're into cloud computing, he's the guy that coined the phrase pets versus cattle, if you ever hear that phrase. So he's the one that was the originator, we believe, of that phrase. Anyways, Randy's a great guy, mm-hmm. uh, really wild personality, interesting character. And I'm just walking across this random sort of place in Paris, and all I hear is, Disco Posse yelled across. And I look, I'm like, what's going on? And I look and there's Randy Bias finally for the first time meeting in person. And like he wouldn't, you don't call him yell Eric, you know, like that's right. there's everybody would it'd be a bunch of them probably. So yeah, Disco Posse, there is only one. I'm a safe bet there. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when, uh, when you have the online world kind of uh, mixed worlds and, and you meet people uh, in person for the first time. I remember uh, Toronto Mike had one of his listener experiences where a bunch of listeners came together in person to meet each other. And we all had to have name tags with our online personas on the name That's tag. Right. Not our real board name, name right? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, no one knew, uh, you know, my name was Al. They knew I was PFTW or Royal Pain or whatever, right? Uh, it, it's just hilarious. So we all had name tags with, with like <laughs> nonsense, you know, at names on them or whatever. That's right? awesome. That's, That's awesome. Well, I remember the first time of even seeing like cereal boxes when they wrote the Twitter handle on it for the company name. And I remembered thinking like, I think this is when it's going to take off. I was already on Twitter and you started to see it being talked about and news channels would have it in the Chiron and there'd be more presence of that stuff. And then it became that. And then the funny thing was choosing your identity, especially if you're associated with a brand, like imagine that you know, you were brand new to it then. It'd be like at Moneris Al, right? Like you, right. that's what people would often do is they'd put their company in there 
And I was lucky enough that my presence was so separated from everything that I did mm -hmm. that it never conflicted. So I would go and people would just know where I work, but I didn't have to tag it along. And it's uh, it's funny that there was a time when you had to choose MySpace, right? Twitter, like all mm -hmm. these things. And where do you put your effort to grinding up your, your audience? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've gone through a couple handles all in. I know when I, in my, early icq days and and msn days um it was dopey xtc uh <laughs> I, I have no idea how that came to be but not that's a what far it was. cry from squirrely matt then is my it right? god not a far cry yeah and and at some point i realized i don't think that's that's gonna work going forward uh and, and then i landed on dude north and i don't remember how it happened but one day that came to my head and i laughed and i'm like because i was very much a especially my, I kid you not, in high school, even when I was still dopey XTC, I almost only wore things that had a Canada flag on it. Like I was one of those weird, mm -hmm. hardcore Canadian Patriot guys. Like I had a 17 different t-shirts with different slogans and it was, it was obsessive at one point. It was kind of weird. Uh, but anyways, and then, so when dude North came into my head, it made me laugh. Cause I'm like, I'm the dude from the North. Right. And it just stuck from there and i and i've really held on to that one so even when i didn't even use twitter in the early days i went and set up you know at the dude north on twitter <laughs> and then i just kind of in. just in case yeah just in yeah. case i started to use it more and i've held on to it since because i've just really enjoyed that name and uh it, as long as i'll be able to keep it it's going to keep going right that's a solid <laughs> brand though it's a no, it good is. call yeah i like it yeah who the fuck knows what PFTW is? But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be yeah, honest, yeah. I've known you a long time. I think that's the first time I've heard what it actually means. <laughs> well, I guess a pink, pink Floyd, the wall. Um, yeah, no, uh, there's no. Now, Tanya, you're the interesting one of the bunch because <laughs> you have as zero online presence. You, you're such a, you're, you're. Oh, no, you're, not zero. You, she can explain that. Well, in a so hold on before you, you start grilling her. So we have a great community, and Eric, you know, because you're part of that group. They're dying. They're begging for Tanya to join the group, and she has joined the group because I made her join. But she won't go on. I made her join. She won't go on and interact. She, she's she's like allergic to networking, which is hilarious. Uh, you know. Well, we're I, gonna find out after the fact that she's probably been there the whole time. She just it was some other thing. You know, it's, it's probably like Dude West. It's actually her. Yeah, babe, babe. West, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm so much like Wayne. It's not even funny. Uh, from, from, uh, from the show, like I, I'm a person to person. Like, phone me. Like Matt and I, we've uh, Matt tried sending me a bunch of messages, and I think after the fifth messages, I'm like, screw this, call. I'm yeah. like, what, what, what's going on? What do you need? I'm like, I, I, I'm not. I don't. I never can. Like, at work, I have. A, thousand emails a, a week and it's just so overwhelming on the computer all the time and uh um i just i've never been interested in the tech world i've i've always i would rather see somebody and sit with them and talk to them than look at facebook pictures of of what is going on in their life like i've, I've not ever connected to people that way
she doesn't yeah. follow is what she means. I don't follow. Just like, well, and plus, it's like the living the whole thing of living your best timeline. You know what's better about li living your best timeline? Actually, fucking living your best timeline, like living <laughs> yeah. it, not living it through the camera. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just, I think when the whole wave of cell phones and like I'm gonna sound real old, but <laughs> that's how old <laughs> I am. <laughs> but when the wave came through and and I I disconnected for three years. I was home uh, when we had our daughter. Um, I was home with her and there's just not a whole lot of time. Uh, like there's so many things that need to get done in a day. And I just never found the energy or the time to, to get on and, and connect with people that way. I was just picking up the phone and calling people. You also have a bit of an addictive personality. I do have. So an addictive what personality. happens when she does get hooked onto something yeah. Um, is she spends way too much time? I, I on can it. be yeah. very obsessive. She's in it to win it at that point. Yeah. If you're a fan of Fred Flintstone, you'll know that reference. But uh, yeah. I'm on the oldest of the bunch, so I'm the only one here who will understand that. Uh, <laughs> maybe a handful of listeners. But yeah, see, like you see people at concerts, and it's like the same as if I was doing this podcast and I was doing this the whole time. Yeah. Like, you know, it's better. Like. I've, I used to like yell at people. I'm like, you know, the show's there, right? Like yeah. not up there. Yeah. Like yeah. you're watching it through a three inch screen. I don't care if it's bloody Nickelback, watch the fucking show. <laughs> like, yeah. You've got eyes. You're going to remember this. You're never going to watch it. It's like a yeah. wedding video. No one goes back to watch it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's true. Like I, I've, I mean, I definitely don't hold up the whole time. But I go to concerts. I often will take a moment, catch a couple moments. But even recently, right. I went back through my phone, need to clean up some space. And I think every single concert video, especially, I took, I deleted. I'm like, that was cool. But uh, watching it back, I'm like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take you there like you thought it would. It's a memory, but the memory is the better part, and you just want to hold on to that. And uh, yeah, yeah, you just so want to go into. If you want to see footage again, just go to YouTube and watch the professionally shot. Yeah, professionally it's all there. Yeah. On, or so. the one of the 1,200 other idiots who've got their phone yeah. in their hand, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's going to be out there. It used to be, a, a, I, I could understand at one point where it was a rarity to be the camera, right? And to have the online presence and to build an audience. And so I, I'm, I'm going to bite myself by the fact that I'm answering the question of why people do it right because they want to be creators they want to have something and but it's more like i'm with you matt this idea that like capture a snippet maybe post it up on twitter or whatever yep. but then that's it like enjoy the rest of the experience it yep. would be like like having your kids just chasing your kids around with nothing but a video camera like yeah. I take videos of the kids I don't try to get four kids I gotta remember some of the early days right but I would, you put it down, right? You, you enjoy that. And then you put it away. Some people say they wish they'd taken more. But I'm like, you're saying that 10 years later, you know, yeah. you got a memory. Yeah. Well, it's even, yeah. it's even like in a photo side of things. I mean, as I was clearing it through, it was a whole exercise. I need to make a lot of space. I'd used up all the memory on my phone and I started deleting all these scenery photos as well. And some of them were quite nice. And I'm like, but then I thought about it. I'm like, some of the places are like downtown Toronto or when I was in New Orleans and things like that. I'm like, yes, very cool. But that same photo has been taken a million times over. So if I really want it, I can Google it. Because like you said earlier, we have access to everything these days. Mm -hmm. And there it is. I don't need to store it as a photo. If I'm in the photo or my wife and I are in the photo, very different story. You can mm -hmm. hold on to those because that shows you're there. It takes you together to that moment. But just generic photos of buildings. I'm not a photographer, so it's not like I'm building a portfolio here. 
it's a cool concept, but they don't hold up over time. And if I want it, like I said, I can go find it online and, uh, and I'll be just as happy. Now, the one thing that we should really get back to the origin of the, the podcast itself and the content. So Letter Kenny <laughs> is one of those shows that has become, you know, you think like there's Corner Gas, Letter Kenny. There's a few that, that are so Canadian. Yeah. But then they make it beyond, right? And when I grew up, it was SCTV, right? That yeah. was the whole thing of watching stuff like that and 3D movies, <laughs> you know, like it's like just goofy things that you remember about that. Even so, this is a funny story. I had a friend who was who her apartment was John Candy's apartment on Roehampton Avenue in uh, it's right, Young and Eglinton, it's 100 Roehampton. And it was the one where they tossed the TVs off the balcony for the opener. Yeah. Really? That, awesome. that apartment is 100 Roehampton Avenue. So yeah. it, and it was a very, they were very local things. Cause of course we're Canadian. We didn't have much choice. You, you had uncle Bobby, you had the friendly giant, and then you had whatever <laughs> Canadian television you watched. Yeah. House of Frightenstein was one of my, that's favorites. it. <laughs> I know. And I, well, Billy Van is actually like an incredible creator, like as far as other things he did, you know, just sort of an under underwhelming presence, you know, mm -hmm. in the industry. But he did a lot behind the scenes. You see, so you look at this idea of these like Canadian, purely Canadian shows uh, ends then. Now they go beyond like I can find it on Hulu. I live in the United States and I can I can watch Letter Kenny on there. And I see, you know, random things on Reddit. Like I think I told you guys I was. I was searching for something for a space reference and I wanted to get a picture of Roberta Bondar. And so what do I get? I'm scrolling through Reddit and I see this thing and it says, you know, here's a picture of Roberta Bondar and underneath it. Did you, was it, was she sitting at the bar crushing old fashions when you yeah. took this photo? You know, like, so a letter Kenny reference being written randomly on Reddit, you realize that these shows have a community and they have a reach that's farther and then you choose to, so you've created a thematic podcast. So let's yeah. talk about the format of the podcast and, and what drew you to that style. Well, like I, I kind of mentioned a bit in my intro, it's an after show. So um, just like other after shows, we, we present, um, you know, we, first of all, I talk about our weeks and then I do a bit of a synopsis of, of the episode we're covering. And then we, uh, we talk about it. We, we critique the episode. Um, and what I like about it, again, we have these different voices, uh, uh, and, and character, you know, and, and characters. I mean, Tanya came in as she was the, the person who hated the show until she loved it. You know, Victor is a curmudgeon still to this day. Uh, Matt's the squirrely <laughs> one and I'm, and I'm supposed to be the, the parental figure to try to keep everything, uh, together there. <laughs> allegedly, um, allegedly. <laughs> Uh, often I lose control, but that's cool because our li listeners love it. But yeah, so we we t we take it often twenty to twenty five minute show, and we basically make two hours of content about it, which is <laughs> insane. But but you know, for the most part, people have really been uh, responding to it. Well, you really treat it like a, a morning show, like I, mm -hmm. I not I I almost said morning zoo, but like really that idea of like a collaborative group of folks that talk about what happened the night before, like recapping the news, and that's like the opinion and the fun stories out of it are what makes that stuff fun. That's why that's we right. would you know that's why Humble and Fred did well 
but better between the music than they did during the music. And eventually, you know, when they started their podcast, which is actually one of the early sort of successful Canadian podcasts, because there wasn't much of a uh, podcast industry at that time. Yeah. It was Mark Marin and, and, you know, like, who were the other guys? Like it would, but it was like seriously the early players yeah, in the game. American Life, uh, Prairie Home Companion, uh, yeah, Cafe, kind of those the mm. CBC and NPR podcasts. But then, yeah, you have your Mark Marin, your your Kevin Smith's Modcast, uh, uh, Adam Carolla, Adam Carolla, yeah, yeah. Those are some so, of the early pioneers. Yeah. Well, and that was what was funny. Back early on, there was a guy that found the and bought up the patent rights to the idea of distributing an audio over RSS. So basically a podcast. Right. And he went and bought up a bunch of patents and then sued all of like Adam Carolla Network, Mark Marin, right. you know, Kevin Smith, all these folks to try and basically just see if he could get some cash out of it. Didn't pay out because they're like, you've got the concept but you don't get the content and right. it was an interesting sort of legal challenge that, so that he was happened way claiming early. ownership over the standard over the rss yeah so yeah because he was you saying that i own so i should get a piece of royalty of everything that creates revenue based on the technology that That's i own true. the patent for yeah that's like somebody trying to collect patent on HTML. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> so right. every, every single website that ever existed would have to pay you uh, a royalty because you, you have a website. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's surprising how lucrative an industry it is sure. because they're like people like RIM, you know, just sold off a bunch of their old patents to a, a and this is like all, all this company that bought them does is buy up thousands of patents and then ultimately look for licensing deals out of it. And actually, I know a few people that do it legitimately where they'll license their patent because like somebody says like this, there's no way, there's no novel way to do what you've identified doing mm -hmm. other than the way you've identified, can we license your patent to do it? So it is a, it's a weird thing that happens behind the scenes, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so I, I love this idea that you went with this after show where did some of the concepts so the poem so I, <laughs> this one I our, our very first episode and the one we've actually marked as you can skip this was our production meeting for <laughs> the rest of the podcast i recorded it because it's basically i brought everyone into the you know into into a zoom call and i said okay we're gonna do this let's let's put some ideas out there there are no bad ideas and 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 i mean can't get too precious you try something and if it doesn't work you, you have to be ready to let it go but yeah it's just evolved right it's been an evolution and the, the limerick happened maybe halfway through and i think it happened because one of the cold opens on letter kenny was started yeah. with limericks and then i started writing them you know for ours because it just made sense a show called letter kenny you open it with a limerick of course yeah. um and it's been great and then matt reading them and stuff and now it's again it, it the community is amazing because there's such a like there's so much prep that goes into it. And the last, the, almost the very last thing I do before we start recording is re write the limerick. And it's always a source of, of stress for me because <laughs> all the pressure's on. there isn't a lot of stuff that you can rhyme with letter Kenny or D gens or anyway. Um, but now I've got, a, you know, some of our listeners have stepped in and they're writing them for us. So it's, we're almost like crowdsourcing now a lot of our content, <laughs> yeah. which is great. I love it. Yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, we talk about the community. I mean, that's that's the been I I think I commented earlier, but that's been the biggest surprise of this whole thing. Um, 
you know, it started off as a fun game, a fun thing to do every week. And then we did invite a few people early on. So every third or fourth episode, we might have a guest. And then at one point hit where we just had a lineup and where at first it became sort of a fun little add on. It now became a ongoing absolute part of our show where we're inviting our friends I'm going to call them friends. They've all be, we have made real relationships with many of these people Absolutely. onto the show to join in on the fun with us because that's what this show. And if you, if you're a fan of letter, Kenny, the show is all about community, right? Everyone, yeah. a lot of different people coming together in a show that may have differences here and there, but at the end of the day, they all care about each other. They're all, you know, this big sense of community and all the people we've met around the show who love it with us, I'll bring that to the table as well. You know, there are some amazing people out there. This this show really does bring out uh, a real interesting and, and awesome group of people that that follow it and 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 enjoy it. And yeah, we'll continue to do so. So we're very thankful for all that as well. And and yeah, it's now one of our favorite elements. I I know I, I ping out every week. Oh, who's joining us this week? Oh, who's joining us? And if I don't know, I'm like, oh yay, someone new, right? And if it's a repeat, we're like. I already know what to what to get ready for and I get excited about it. So it's one of my favorite elements is, you know, who's joining us. Well, yeah, I mean, some of our Twitter too, it's like RIP notifications. You all have the most chatty, awesome DM oh group God. that goes on. RIP mentions. I did go on Twitter at one point and, and I am on it. And I think in one day, like, I, I think it was like only a couple of hours. And then I went and looked and I'm like, there's 400 messages. I'm like, how on earth does somebody, I'm like, this is a full-time job. I don't have time to go through yeah. this many messages. Oh my gosh. And most of the conversation has nothing to do with Letterkenny. Like there's a full active conversation right now happening about possums, it appears. So like it goes all over the map, but it's all entertaining. It's all in good fun. And, uh, you know, sometimes it goes serious. Sometimes it just is banter and it's, uh, I can't keep up though. <laughs> The the amazing thing about that is what a difference of like, so I can obviously choose my podcast as a, a different example of I started mine through work, you know, and, and I was like, hey, it's a selfish reason for me to just try it out as a platform. Like, it'll be fun. I got a bunch of nerd friends. I can have a nerd conversation and and but get the story behind the tech, get the story behind the person and why they did something. I've always been enticed by the storytelling aspect. And then at one point they said, like, I probably still have the email somewhere saying, it doesn't look like it's actually leading to anything in pipeline revenue. So right. let's just not spend time on this. I'm like, all right. So I just, you know, I did a couple more and then I was like, all right, I'll just let it go. And all of a sudden, like three, four months later, I went and I looked on the on iTunes. For some reason, I was searching something. I'm like, oh, I forgot. We've probably got this podcast up there. I should check to see what the last episode was. Mm -hmm. And I look and there was comments. And they said, like, I love the conversational style of the show or something like that. And I was like, oh, man, I got to do it again. I got to keep it going because there's someone listening. There's somebody out there that's going like refreshing their like the thing going, where's the next episode? I'm like, all right. And and I kind of committed to it. And that interaction was what made it like gave me a reason to do it. And now, yeah. you know, I've obviously I'm a couple couple of hundred further in and 
and it's growing. But if I had a DM group, they would be me and maybe my wife. Like it's like, <laughs> no one gives a crap about this podcast to talk about it on a real time basis. But you're the community side of what you do. Like I said, really harkens back to that message board, super yeah. active, collegial thing. And it's like you said, Matt, it's you know, you could talk about anything. I love watching the random, like <laughs> these sort of non sequitur things just show up. And all of a sudden yeah. there's a stream of like, what's the right way to shave a possum's belly before you take <laughs> it for its operation, whatever, right. like bizarre <laughs> thing. And then there's somebody that's got a real, like, oh yeah, I had to do this last year. <laughs> <laughs> all walks of life are represented. <laughs> I, I always thought, I always knew we had to form a community for the podcast to grow, right? Like without a community, uh, It'll just be us yelling into the void and and maybe one or two people might listen. But the interesting thing too is uh, the way it, the the tool used for the community. I mean, Twitter DM isn't exactly a community tool. It's, you know, it's a usually it's one-on-one, maybe a few on a few chat function at best. Uh, we have 75 people. We've maxed out our, our DM group. We can't have any more. Uh, we'd, <laughs> we'd have to kick somebody off in order to add somebody on. Um, and so there's always been like, oh, maybe we should move this to a Discord or something like that. But we tried that and it failed. People don't yeah. want like the immediacy of of, a, of Twitter because it's already on an app on your phone and 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 you're getting your notifications right away. For some reason, that lends it lends to the you know the, the discussion because now it's you don't have to log on to an app to to talk to to post something uh, it's twitter you it's you have it with you all the time it's almost like an ongoing conversation wherever you go and you just go on uh, and answer whatever the latest question was and you don't have to worry about what thread you were it, also i don't have to read all that no you really don't <laughs> I mean, I mean, many, many don't. So you don't have to be you don't have to feel daunted about that right? a little add going okay 400 okay let's <laughs> let's take this one hour at a time but it's you really accidentally tap it twice and it goes to the bottom you're like oh i missed a lot of conversations i gotta yeah. scroll back up and find my Some start point do and and that's great whatever like there, there are those i mean i i try to because it's always good to know what's going on in that community but uh, if, if I log on and there's like 400 messages and then a lot of it's like deep cuts on star Wars lore or some shit like that, which I'm not really interested in, I'll just skip it. It's no problem. They're having fun with each other. No one's fighting. No one's uh, misbehaving. So we just move on. Uh, but well, it's yeah. funny. We tried, we, we, we hit a critical mass on Twitter DM. So I'm like, maybe we should move it to discord. No, no one wants Can to. Can you call that. the Twitter people and ask them for more? For, for more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Forget an edit button. Just give me a DM, you know, a larger DM groups, like tr yeah. that true community type of aspect. But, yeah. but it makes you wonder too, like if ever they decided to add like maybe a threading fu function in your DM or whatever, would that be better or not? Like, is there something about the the, the, the restrictive nature of a DM group that makes makes it work for, makes for it more this. entertaining <laughs> maybe i yeah. don't know because uh it's just weird well and i think it's platform of immediacy right it twitter for this type of interaction is like bike theft it's a crime of opportunity right you walk by you see an, uh, an undone chain hanging over a bike frame you get on the goddamn bike and you ride like you stole it yeah. <laughs> So yeah. when you think of Twitter, it's like, I'm there doing other things. So I just tap that tab and I'm on there versus going to Discord. Now, if you're a developer or a gamer, 
Yeah. And the reason why Discord's super popular, all, all, my hypothesis of why mm. it's super popular with developers is because a large community of developers are also gamers. And Discord is a place, so they at night are on Discord. Yeah. So they love, like, why not just leave it running all day long? And next thing oh. you know, there's developer communities. We, we have a 15-year-old right? son, and he's got three mm -hmm. monitors. And one of his monitors is always on Discord. That, that's yeah. the way he communicates with his friends. It's, you know, it's a different, it's a, you know, a different mindset for, I say younger people, but I know, I mean, I am on Discord, but I, I, I don't log on very often. Um, I, I'm already I, like, isn't this, this is the funny thing every once in a while. Like if I talk about my age with people that I didn't grow up with, I don't care. When yeah. I talk about you, I'm like, God damn it. Now I remember everything. We're actually old. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is amazing to think of that. It, and it used to at one point be. I, I want you to get real friends, right? And and I remember even my oldest son, you know, he's he's 19, you know, mm -hmm. and this idea that getting told like, you know, I wish you would like go out and find real friends. And I said, well, if you bring four of his friends together, they're gonna bring their laptops with them and sit in the room on Skype and, yep. and <laughs> game anyways. Yeah. So why not let them do it wherever they are? And it became a, a practice of doing it. And that's why I think like podcasting as a pattern of consumption is such a popular place now because people can get it on demand. They can turn it on or off. They can download what they want. They can binge it. They can listen in the car. And I've been told over and over again, like, well, going long form will bury your podcast listenership because they said at 20 minutes, people have their attention goes I'm like, well, that's if you're like pitching or doing something like yeah. I'm having a conversation. Yeah. You can just get in or out whenever you want. And like, and I'm like, I used to tell people, do you read books? Yeah. Do you read it from end to end? No. Well, how do you do oh, that? Yeah. You know, yeah. how could you possibly put it down in chapter two? He's like, sorry, kids, you got to eat. Too bad. I'm in chapter four, right? I yeah. got to keep going. Yeah. You yeah. put it down. Your brain is the capability. And, and I found that it's actually been better because the freedom of having no gap of like, I've got to hit this time frame. You mm -hmm. know, it, it, it's, I like that freedom. I think what about, I mean, even early on, some of my favorite comments from listeners were always around, you know, listening to your show is like hanging out with a bunch of our friends and like they they just wanted to be and they felt like they knew us and they felt like they could see themselves sitting and hanging out and having the same conversation, which is probably part of why we invited them in anyways and said, well, hey, come join us. And uh, it's it's just and that's part of where I think a lot of it's grown from. People just feel part of our discussions. Yeah, the campfire sort of aspect of it, it really, really does feel just, yeah, like a bunch of friends hanging around a table. And then yeah. you even when even though you're physically separated, you really do sense that you're like sitting across from each other. You have the ability, especially over time, to like get the cues of who's gonna jump in. And you know, Zoom is the only thing that's Zoom is a bit of a drag. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to trash Zoom just because I'm using SignalWire. But the reason why I actually dig this platform that I use is because it does multiplex audio. Mm -hmm. So if all three, all four of us, like all three cameras started chatting at the same time, it all goes through. Oh, okay. really? And it's the weird thing, though, is Zoom has trained us like idiots to be like a 1920s telephone system 
where as like one signal goes through, okay, pull that cable, go to the next one. As <laughs> soon as you hear somebody talking, we all stop. Yeah. Right. And then go, sorry, 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 sorry no, you got, no, you got, it's like, it's like Wayne and McMurray. Yeah. <laughs> so the advantage with this is that, you know, and Zoom's getting better, I think, where they allow more crosstalk now, but it used to be really bad. We'd have like company meetings and people say like, we're going to welcome all the new recruits, right? You've got a bunch of new hires. Okay, everybody come off mute and let's give them a round of applause. And all I hear is, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there's 400 people, but only one of them gets the audio. <laughs> one of our early, uh, awesome. one of the early bright ideas we had from our our, our production meeting was uh, Victor is a really good guitarist, and we thought, oh, he could play a little guitar in the background while we're talking about something. I forget what it was, and we tried it, and of course, Zoom doesn't allow that. It gates like if we're talking, you can't hear Victor playing, and if he's yeah. playing, we you know. So uh, pretty sure that that one didn't last very long. Yeah, I really, I the only thing that I wish we had as far as this, like for your show, is that mm -hmm. idea that you could literally, you know, you should be everything should be commercially viable because you got such a fantastic group of people and a mm -hmm. beautiful way of really being together and to to actually see you folks sitting in a room. And like, I just wish you could get paid to do that oh, because man. you, you do both. a great job of it. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah. One day, one day. Exactly. People well, someone says that. can, uh, can uh, you know, uh, pay us a little bit more and we'll, uh, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell you, talk about a Talk about an avid community. I'm, you know, as the, as the co-owner of diabolical coffee, uh, you, you all contribute a lot to my uh, my success. I've actually got quite a few folks that are that are coming through the produce stand that are are buyers, and it, really? it's cool. Yeah. You know, I that's mean, why I love. <laughs> I, don't know, yeah. I don't mean to sound a surprise. Really, it's working. No. Have any yeah. commercial uh, um, shown any? <laughs> Your commercial is the best. Yeah, but so this is the funny thing. People always wonder about sponsorships. And look, I've got sponsors and. I feel bad having them sometimes because the thing like no one's going to buy stuff because they listen to my goofy show. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it actually does create awareness. And so if you've the psychology of advertising, it's not about I heard about a thing. Quick, pause it. Let me go buy that thing. Yeah. But your your community is very strong and they do support you know, brands that you mentioned and, and stuff like that, which is cool. And I see you got a couple of uh, TPS hats there, which are, are very cool. Mine's so I love that, it. Uh, my favorite hat. Yeah, it, it, It's fun to support. And uh, trust me, if I made more money, you'd make more money. That's the only problem. <laughs> your, your support is only limited by my revenue. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. No, we appreciate all like the support that you've very given much. us, uh, Eric. I mean, you know, we're, 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 buds from from before but at the same time it was great to it's been great to have you on and hopefully we continue as shorzy starts up i don't know how big a story that is down there but up here we can't wait uh during that's uh, gonna be wild yeah so now here's the interesting thing hmm? and and i think you and i may have talked about this early on at one point i said like you you've got a you got a team right you've got a method you've got a knack You've got all the right things in kind of the way that a salesperson can go from like working for, you know, podunk widgets, and then they can go and work for Wiffle Waffle widgets, 
and <laughs> and or even better they can switch and they can sell cars or real real yeah. estate there's if you have the practice and the method you can apply it to any industry right. and so i've always like listened to you as a group as individuals and think like this is bigger than letterkenny like you have much more to bring and and i do hope that you kind of go and you like that you can find another thing that you can do because as a group you just keep grinding it out like as as a guy that's been grinding for a long time i don't know that it's been worth anything more than having the fun of it right but i'm seeing other benefits that are coming now and you you're all too good to stop right because well, let it any stop well thank you appreciate Very that um, I mean, you know, in the, what, in a year and a half or almost two years, it'll be two years in July. So maybe a year and, and a half. We've missed what, one week, two weeks? I mean, <laughs> I've missed more time at my actual paying job than. Yeah. <laughs> it's so out. true. And, and the other hilarious thing is if we ever, you know, we've got such a defined schedule, if we shift things around, which is often my fault, uh, <laughs> I, we get yelled at by people saying, like, oh, so I guess there's nothing to listen to. Friday morning, right? Like they, they, they get upset and I say upset, but it's a, a become a very comical thing. And Al gives them lots of notice for as much as he can to say, Hey, you know, govern yourselves accordingly. We're moving things around this week. <laughs> there, there is always that kind of a uh, uh, reluctance because without butter, Kenny, I mean, I mean, it's the produce dance. We could talk about it. Um, Sorry, there's an echo there. I don't know if you if you're getting it or not. All clear here, luckily. So okay, cool. It's very distracting. Anyway, it's called the Protestant. So really, I mean, it's kind of only tangentially tied to Letterkenny. So we could just continue doing it on other topics. Uh, the question, like the fear for me, anyway, because we have like you know, our feet. We don't want our feet to go stale. But we want to make sure whatever we pick won't alienate too many of our regular listeners to, to go away. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, I mean, Shorzy's a good bet because it's a spinoff from Letterkenny and there's a lot of uh, excitement happening there. So hopefully when that happens and then in short, short time, season 11 will launch. So maybe we have another runway of hopefully three or four months that we can continue doing this. But yeah, then the real work's going to start. What do we do next? Uh, like, what are the ideas? Of, like, we, we need to get really creative with it for sure. Well, if you think of like, you know, the TPS report, right? Like, you, you almost <laughs> as a as a joke of the office based yeah. thing, right? You could carry that through, and whether it's commentary on anything, the tough part, which is weird, and I've so because I'm an older fella, mm -hmm. I I've got a reputation to preserve. And I've got a couple of nephews who are fantastic podcasters. The first thing they did was they got into like politics. I'm like, Dude, that's I can't touch it because yeah. I, I you want to be careful that you don't ultimately alienate a, a big segment of your audience. So I'm very generic. I don't talk about politics or religion or anything. And and maybe it's a Canadian thing too that yeah, that we just steer clear of that stuff. But. Uh, we, we talked about you know doing some movie re reviews or whatever. I I had a a notion that maybe we can review pilots like during pilot season and then apply our kind of rating system and then see you know what show what shows will last. But I mean even that's different now because there's no such thing as a a network floating a pilot anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and then maybe they'll pick it up. Now it's like a whole season will will, will get dropped. Drop yeah. And and then then if they like it 
they'll you'll continue right so i don't know it it'll it, it'll be interesting to see for sure it's a good problem yeah. to have now yeah <laughs> well yeah that's it it's really yeah and maybe you could go to the community in a way and kind of say like hey we're going to test out a, an episode or test out a, a concept and and it could be whether it's a, an internet show or like something that you pick and yeah mm -hmm. like switch up the the content but you know and breaking it down look i mean like think movies you know matt look at your background right that idea where you see something you're like ah i totally get it like we you know a cold open what the hell's a cold open right just explain to people like break down the format of a show and my favorite thing although you mentioned the, the right thing though forget about the pilot but even just season one episode one mm -hmm. you know just call it tps e1 you know yeah. The best of every show is episode one. Always goes downhill after that. Like there's one of my favorite shows was Eastbound and Down. Mm. Hilarious <laughs> show. Yes. But the moment that I watched the first one, I was like, I don't know if I want to watch the second one because that was so goddamn funny. Right. And so like, it's like Lost. Like if you watch Lost beyond the first few shows, shit goes sideways fast right like and, and that's where they ended up with all these bad threads because yeah. they started to write for the audience not mm -hmm. for the story that's why i love like the wire they're like we're done we wrote the end when we wrote the first episode and we're just yeah. going to film in towards it so you know like picking stuff like yeah like a, a first episode of something and saying like why did it work and where did it break down you know the jump the shark episode too you know like that idea of you know, oh boy, let's talk about why this one broke down. <laughs> yeah. The one aliens visited, that's when, when they lost it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, even it's like, I look at YouTubers now and I sort of, you know, I've got young kids uh, mm -hmm. as well as older kids. And so I still, I watch a lot of these goofy YouTube, you know, creator shows and they're like, you know, Vlad and Nikki and, you know, and like the little Diana and you'd see these ones, they're multi-millionaires yeah, uh, doing these YouTube enterprises. And then my wife and I were joking because you see a bunch of them that have like two kids and they'll have like a five-year run with, of content. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden there's a baby and you're like, oh, that's like the kid that showed up on Family Ties. You're like, <laughs> they just added a new character, like, and it's going to go <laughs> south now. Yeah. <laughs> but do do what you do you're really good at it and uh for Thank people you. that don't already subscribe go check it out uh it's the produce stands uh you can find it online and uh i hope to see you all on youtube because i think as far as like production capability uh you've got the technical chops to deliver it and i think mm -hmm. it'd be fun like i'm living vicariously through your capabilities because i have no idea what i'm doing and i'm just just hammering ahead <laughs> yeah. i don't know about that you got some some cool ass gear there that i wish i could use but uh you know. it's getting there it's getting there yeah we just gotta get victor a better mic yeah we gotta get victor. <laughs> yeah victor's the only one like he's always like like every time i see him he's like in a train station oh. and campus casing or like at least he's always like dialing in from somewhere remote you know it always seems like he's struggling right a unicorn yeah. yeah, it's by design, like like Tanya was saying. He has a better mic. He just refuses to use it. It's a little frustrating, but uh, that is I think it adds to his kind of cur curmudgeon nature. I think people like that about him. I don't know. He is, uh, well, and that's the the 
the diversity of voices is really neat, which gives people a chance to do it. But the now the fun part is like in four years, when do you all break up as a team? We like, oh, now you're competing against each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. For folks that do want to find you, Al, give them all the socials. Where do we track down the produce stand uh, and see what's next? I try to make it as easy as possible. It's at produce stand pod everywhere. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even TikTok. Um, at ProtoSampod and uh, join, you know, if you want to join our DM group, it would have to mean that we'd have to kick somebody out. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a special members only club. <laughs> but you can still, you know, uh, we still try to have as much fun as we can on, on, on Twitter. And, you know, we, every once in a while we do our ag hall socials. So next, not next week, but the following week uh, will be one of our ag hall socials. And that's when uh, we invited any of our listeners to join us on a zoom call. Um, and this one's extra special because it's our 100th episode. Uh, and what we've got planned is some of our, we've asked our listeners to come with clips of their favorite moments of the previous 99 episodes. And we have no idea what's going to be played. So they're going to play them and we're going to react to them. And it's going to be hijinks are going to ensue. I hope so. <laughs> that, that is awesome. There you go. TPS reacts. That's your new YouTube channel. Get on it. Uh, I, I, I want to see you, you all become successful, further success, right? You're already successful in that you've really done a great thing. So it's great to see. And I, just the fact that we can do this mm -hmm. and fit it into our day and, uh, uh it's fun it's just fun that's it success is. in my mind right I, I love i love doing this stuff so yeah. all right crew and uh for all the folks that do want to check it out of course like i said check out the podcast and i was lucky enough i was a guest on a couple of them you can hunt it down mm -hmm. and uh and check out letter Kenny too it's a wicked cool show it's uh it's super funny so there you go pitter patter let's get at her <laughs> <laughs>